0: Hello and welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. I'm Duran. I'm Rhett. I'm Murphy.
1: And I'm Stuart.
0: And today we watched the 2021 film Cruella. And Stuart, would you like to introduce the movie for us?
1: Okay, so Cruella is a movie that's the origin story of Cruella Deville. It's about... Um, the story of how Corella Deville becomes an orphan and the tragic murder of her mother and um, she moves to London and becomes a thief in a very Oliver Twist way and then after that she after becoming a thief she moves up in the fashion world and encounters some enemies that she has to face
0: Alright, alright Thank you for that summary um, and uh, thank you Murphy and Stuart for joining me for the first time and Rhett been a frequent guest. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, and today we have today um, we yeah. have a, a an interesting approach to this film. So two of us hate this movie. Me and rhett do not like this film, while another two of us like this movie, <laughs> Murphy and Stewart. So I'm thinking we're gonna we're gonna go out a bit of a yeah, boxing match here. A... Yeah, it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be hot. Rhett's gonna be oil slick and it's sexy. in the mud. Rhett, do you want to start us off with uh, your your problems with the film?
2: Yeah, so um, I think for me and for a lot of people right now, this is probably one of the first movies they're seeing back in the theaters, um, because I know this is like the first movie that I hadn't already seen uh, that... I was able to go to after I was vaccinated. Uh, I did see Tenant back when we talked about that, but that was me just kind of fed up mid-pandemic. This is like, okay, now I'm actually supposed to go back to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I if you still want your to go to the theater and have some popcorn and watch a movie, this works. But otherwise, I it's just very dull to me, and a lot of it is just like very poorly made. So in addition to like no one really asking for this concept, I feel like I don't know, maybe there's someone who wanted a uh shitty DC EU movie take on uh the Devil Wars Prada as a Corella DeVille origin story. Maybe they're out there, but I feel like no one was asking for this. It's not very well made. A lot of the editing is very abrasive. The song choices are kind of atrocious. Um and uh emma stone she she does well as the character and she's i think she's a very talented actress but i just don't think like anything about this movie really proves its worth even if i'm trying to like be nice to it and judge it like as what it is which is still like a kid's movie about an animated villain because um, it's just it's just kind of dull and the pacing is all over the place and it's just very hard for me to get into and enjoy even if i'm trying to accept that it's just stupid.
0: Okay. Well that's 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 a strong position wow. from you. What do you guys think? You're
1: feeling old. I mean Um, I honestly okay, Murphy go, Murphy go.
3: I I think it's very I, I don't know. For me and this was like my first theater experience, like um there weren't any theaters open near me like mid pandemic. Um, everything was closed. There's still a bunch of theaters that are closed but I know we kind of made, like, a last-minute decision to go see this movie, and, like, I don't know if I could have picked, um, like, a movie that I'd rather see in... Well, I can think of other movies I'd rather see in theaters right now, but, like, I feel like this was just, like, the greatest, corniest reintroduction to movie theaters I could possibly think of. Like, this was exactly what I needed with my giant bucket of popcorn you know so I don't know I mean I I think it's you make a bunch <laughs> of points to say that it's bad but I I don't think it was dull I
1: think there was there was plenty of crap going on um so you mentioned that it was kind of like a shitty knockoff devil wears Prada but like more violent and I think that that was exactly the reason why I loved this movie was because there was so much homage to um, Britain in the 1970s and the fashion that was going on there. And that was what really drew me in and what kept me watching when actually I do agree that like the fucking um, the soundtrack was pretty mediocre and there wasn't like, I didn't care about Emma Stone's performance and I thought her hair was ugly.
3: You thought her hair was ugly?
1: Her hair was
3: definitely the best yeah. part of the movie. Are we sure? Yeah. We're the same team? I loved
2: her hair. Yeah, I I would say like I I I usually try to start off with the things that I like and I will say like the I think the costume and makeup and hair quality was like all around like pretty pretty stellar. So I I, I told Duran and Nick like I did like the hair and makeup and costume department Illuminati like make this movie cuz yeah. like nothing else <laughs> nothing else was like except for Emma Thompson's Costumes were kind of disgusting,
1: <laughs> and I felt
2: really bad that she had to wear them. Uh, but I guess like that's because, too, like, right? yeah, I guess that's because the uh, fashion had to be better. But I think you can make it because, like, Cruella was all supposed to be like anti-tradition, uh, and you know, just like really for for as much as a Disney fashion movie can do avant-garde, like like the most basic like mm-hmm. avant-garde. Like she's literally making trash. And like thrown away newspapers into fashion, whereas you know uh Emma Thompson's character, the Baroness, I think her name was is all about like you know very traditional high fashion um and I still think you could have made both of them good, just different. I felt like that's what the point
1: was
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah if there if, if, really... if you accept that there's a point <laughs> well, can I say something about the fashion because like Cruella's references were, like, very distinct uh, towards, um Geron has heard me say this, but Vivian Westwood, who was, like, the most, was, like, the creator of the British punk style in the 1970s, so that, um, that was very distinct against the Baroness's, like, more 1930s, 1940s style silhouettes that were a lot more, like, form-fitting and hugging, and they were um, a lot more, like, old-school when compared to, like, the bag of trash that she wore, or the newspaper print, which was in, like, um, that was an Elsa Schiaparelli thing and a Dior thing um, before then. And uh, the costume designer for this was actually the same costume designer as in Mad Max, so they definitely have experience with that. That's Mm -hmm. cool.
0: my issues with this film i think um i have a lot of issues with it on like a technical level um and i'll go over a few of them but i just want to say before i do that um all that is like overshadowed by um what i think like this film represents for um like american cinema and and the industry as as, as a whole um and i think like the, the direction that it's been going in the last like um decade or so which is i think a very very um like disgusting and egregious direction but um so my issues with the film i think red mentioned the editing i honestly cannot think of a single film in recent memory that had as worse editing than this film had so like there were several moments of the film where i did not understand what was going on and so like the entire point of editing um the most basic kind of editing continuity editing is uh is done so the audience knows that uh how how you understand like a transition between one shot to the next there's several moments in the film where the editing was extremely quick to like shots that made no sense and like very like strange framings in which i i was completely like disconnected from um the action I, i had absolutely like no idea what was going on um which is, like, really surprising for, for like, a film of uh, this caliber. You'd think that, like, something as, as basic as the editing would be, you know, handled pretty pretty well. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, that, 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 that was, like, the main technical, like, issue I had with it. But also, like, the blocking, the framing, the cinematography all didn't make any sense. They were, they were completely, like, unintuitive. And I had to, like, constantly think about what was happening in each scene and, like, what everything meant and, and, and in order to kind of, like, keep up with, um, like, what the film was trying to do, which is not something you want in a film like this. A film like this isn't designed to, to um, create an active spectator.
2: Yeah, there were also points, like, where it felt like they were trying to be mm-hmm. showy with the cinematography, like, some very like, drawn-out long takes, like, there was a a long take, like, where the camera is just kind of winding through this needlessly complicated, um, like, fashion store, and, like, its basement where Cruella is working as a, uh, uh, as, um, a janitor, and mm-hmm. it's all very, like, very clearly, like, CGI, like, not actually one take, which just makes it feel like you you didn't need the shot in uh, to begin with because it is not important for the the spectator to understand the layout of this store. It, you know, it, like it's essentially the whole point of that shot is just one joke that it's like Corellas working in the dumps while this high fashion is going on up here. But we barely spend any time in the film from that point on in that building. So taking so long just to set up that very simple joke, it's like kind of atrocious and the fact that it was just this like if they had actually like moved the camera through that whole setting then maybe it would have at least been interesting but it just felt like oh we want to look like we are trying but not actually try and that also sort of brings me into the whole mm-hmm. very very crappy cgi dogs in this movie oh, no. oh yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I I, I don't know, like, what what, what these, like, big studios are doing with, like, (laughs) all these, like, CGI animals. I I do not understand why they they insist on doing these. Especially because, like, um... Well, first of all, I could forgive this movie for having CGI dogs because, after all, it is supposed to be about 101 Dalmatians. I do not know how this film relates to 101 Dalmatians at all. Like, I, I... I do not see any connection. Not at between, all. between
3: it whatsoever. Well, I don't think it was... I don't think they were ever planning on having it be related to 101 Dalmatians. Because you really can't make that character, Cruella Deville from 101 Dalmatians, like a relatable character. And you can see that in this when they make her do literally nothing wrong. Like, yeah. A lot of people... That was um, a big issue. Which, I had. which also, I feel like the one of the biggest... Because, I mean, there's all these, you know memes and whatnot about how this is like, uh, the female Joker movie or, or whatever, all that, you know, well, at stuff. least like the Joker does like bad things. Sometimes. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say is that like, she has this transformation or whatever, but like, this is still a movie designed for, you know, like eight year olds. Like it's not, you're not going to be seeing her doing anything actually questionable. Like what you were saying before, like, as soon as the movie was over, was like, you know everything she did was justified Mm -hmm. which is right and that's what makes the character a little bit less you know um interesting interesting and um and i you know i see this and this is just one of those those movies for me where i was just like you know like i can totally see it like this was a this movie was a corporate nightmare you know this thing was Mm -hmm. pushed out in record time for (laughs) like these months in which the all these COVID restrictions were were uh, lifted, and I think that's part of the reason too why you have all these all these shots and all these um, all this editing that that looks like it's trying to do something interesting, or they're trying to you know make it look like oh like look at us, we're trying, you know like we're we're doing these big um, long takes or whatever, and it's cool and it's interesting, and we have all these needle drops and it's fun and yeah. all that, but it's like. It's so devoid of anything actually, like, nothing is actually going on. They just, Mm -hmm. it was the, honestly, like, I would assume that this was just the fastest way to make a movie that, like, very surface level, if you, like, you know, blacked out through half of it, you could be like, this is a competent movie, but, like, otherwise, it, it was just so clearly, like... (laughs) deadline-to-deadline <laughs> deadline type of movie. Yeah, it gave know?
0: me. It definitely gave me, like, um, it felt very, like, manneristic, as if it was, like, trying to imitate what a film should be. It was just kind of like, like an empty, like, kind of like husk.
3: I don't even know if it was what a film should be as much as what they want, what what this, I don't know, uh, more or less their vision of what, like, a blockbuster, like a fun blockbuster would be mm. for families, you know? Um, and there's ways to do that and actually it make is it very uninspired but you're gonna yeah. i think you're gonna need a little bit longer than the time they put this movie to i'm pretty sure they put this to, this movie together pretty quickly it like, seemed it definitely gives that sense it, it feels like um
0: like a content dump on a streaming service
3: oh yeah absolutely. yeah I, but they didn't need to put it on a streaming service anymore because people were desperate to go back there were so many people that were yeah. desperate to go back to movies you know they were they didn't have to i mean they put it on their streaming app for 30 dollars, but no one's doing that they're paying the you know, eight to fifteen dollars, depending on where you live, to go see it in theaters instead. Just mm-hmm. going for the theater experience, right? You know, like I mean, I could tell the the second I, the the movie honestly though, I wish, was, I wish, I, I wish cool. I watched it
0: like on a TV. I think that it would have been better on a TV.
3: I don't think it would have <laughs> been. I would have hated this movie if I didn't see it in theaters. I I think that was like most of the fun for, for me, me,
0: the digital cinematography was especially noticeable, and um,
3: it almost felt that we were um, also in the second row.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. But like. <laughs> it felt that this movie was shot at a higher frame rate and then like brought down it, like i it felt like it was shot at like 30 fps and then brought down at 24 which is like something that you wouldn't really notice if you watch it on like your tv at home
3: um that's true that's uh, true yeah i think the optimal way then would be to watch it on a tv that that brings it back up to 60 fps i think the best way would be to watch it on your phone and like throw your phone in the river yeah yeah I don't know. that's a little bit extreme for me i just think I, I also i'm just like you know simping for emma stone here but... <laughs> oh we all simp for emma stone no yeah. you throw your phone into
1: the trash
3: yes oh yeah and then she can put it on her dress dude no we, we, no in full circle can we talk about the demographic what an uninspired muse. The demographic the
0: demographic one well, this movie was going for because sure. i do not understand well first it. nothing yeah mentions. we
3: don't what time period was
0: it well that's a mystery
2: too. I, I think I think part of why this movie is the way it is was because I think they were just going through the roster of Disney animated films, mm. and they got to One Hundred and One Dalmatians, and they're like, "Shit, we can't do this. We can't have, we can't make a full movie out of CGI Dalmatians, and we also can't make a movie about like an actual dog genocidal maniac. So <laughs> we're just gonna make some weird ass prequel story, and that's we're just gonna get it done." move on to the next one uh i don't know what else is left i guess uh little mermaid i think they're working on that they're like yeah fuck it just get to little mermaid get this one out of the way come on
0: <laughs> i thought but i thought that like um weren't there like a couple live action adaptations of 101 missions with like glenn close in the 90s
1: yeah there yeah. was one with um glenn close yeah but uh, wait did uh
0: so like have you guys have you guys do you know anything about that, that, that one Stu?
1: They used real dogs. That's okay. what I know. I yeah. saw it as
0: a child. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was, s- I, but like with like such like a like a ri- rich like roster of villains and characters, it seems very strange to pick this one specifically well,
3: because this was their this was their their uh, you know theater. This I feel like this movie they literally made and they were like okay, there's a possibility that this movie is going to have to be released just on Disney Plus. Oh, you know, okay, I feel yeah. like when they when they were in production for this movie when they you know, mm-hmm. they were like, This movie there's a good chance it's just gonna be Disney Plus. Like, we can't be pulling out any more big guns if we're not getting ticket sales for these movies. Because no one's gonna be spending thirty dollars at home to see them. Mm-hmm. They already had Raya the Last Dragon fucking bomb on Disney Plus. Oh really? And dude? I'm pretty sure it didn't do very well. I mean, and I think, I think that's just because people don't want to pay $30 to watch a movie at their house. Yeah. You know? And, um, mm. you know, Mulan was a whole thing as well. But I, they're not going to be making a live action um, Little Mermaid and then gamble the, the um, possibility that this is just going to be a streaming service movie. Like this is, this is like a Disney princess remake. That shit's got to be in theaters and it's got to make a ton of money. So this feels like the perfect, like 101 Dalmatians is like, everyone knows what it is. Some people have seen it. Some people haven't. But Corella DeVille is a recognizable character. She's just not like the, she's not like one of these Disney princess villain powerhouses that they also have, that they're probably going to also make Joker movies for. Uh, in the future, <laughs> but they're gonna wait until oh God, totally. people are going to theaters again, you know, and theaters reopen, and and AMC stocks go up, and which they have been, what which <laughs> they have been recently, yeah. I don't know if twenty stocks, yeah. Stocks. Well, that was a joke. I don't know anything about stocks. <laughs> Please don't assume that of me. Stunk. But I mean, this just seems like a really, this just seems like a business decision for Disney, which I can. Some of my joy coming out of the theater for this is kind of gets gets pulled away when you think about the fact that like you know every Disney movie after like after this is going to be more or less the same. You know the editing is not going to have to make sense because people are going to pay tickets, pay for tickets anyways.
0: Yeah. Which, so which which live action like Disney adaptations have you guys seen related to this? Because like so the only like zero. Which one? I feel like zero <laughs> okay. for me. I don't know. I have to check. Because, like, uh, besides this and, like, um, uh, the one with Angelina Jolie, what's that one called?
3: Angelina Jolie.
1: Oh, um, oh. Maleficent. Maleficent? Oh, uh, yeah, I saw Maleficent. Which one? Are I there... liked Maleficent. That oh. one was
0: good. Are there, are there any other, like, live-action villain
3: Disney movies? Not yet.
1: Uh... So why no, fucking I choose guess, Cruella?
0: Uh, I
3: don't get it. <laughs> probably because they, I mean, I don't know. The production probably started before Maleficent all this was pandemic was good. Stuff, it was popular. I feel like they probably, just, they probably just like dropped a bunch of like quality checking stuff in order to get this movie out. Yeah,
0: I looked up the production. Um, so the the filming actually wrapped in November twenty nineteen before the pandemic, but like obviously the post production was right. like heavily stilted because of the pandemic. Right. Um. I wonder if this was like in the. In in the can for like a while, um, before they released it, or like were they like working on it
3: this whole time? Yeah. Well, they probably already have movie ideas drummed up for every Disney villain at this point. You
1: know? Yeah. And it had a large cast. Yeah. Um, That's true. Yeah. Like there were party scenes. Yeah. So I don't know how they could have done that in the UK right now, because the UK is like doing as bad as the US. Is. Well, no,
0: no, no. The the filming wrapped in November 2019 before the pandemic started
1: okay. Yeah. Never mind. But that. the editing and stuff, uh, was, I feel like the shortcuts were probably taken yeah. there in order yeah. to get the movie
0: out on time. It seems like a lot of the problems were in the post-production. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, look at the damn dogs. Mm. And that's probably another thing, too, is they were like, "I we don't want to do a live action 101 Dalmatians. We have to animate 101 fucking CGI dogs. That's a <laughs> lot of CGI
2: dogs. They had <laughs> well, a lot of apparently they... Apparently, this totally flew under my radar, but there was a live-action lady that, in The Tramp that came out Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Oh, right, that, that was, 2019.
0: like, yeah. Like, I and think yeah, that, that was, was, that was actually a I Disney Plus so, exclusive. Yeah. That, was, right. that was, I'm pretty sure that was just on streaming platforms, wasn't it? Maybe, so, yeah, maybe they were planning on making this uh, an exclusive even, like, before the pandemic hit. Maybe. Yeah,
3: and they just decided, like, hmm. might as well put it in theaters. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's also that... The, that possibility of um you know let's just throw this movie in theaters too because bitch is gonna be seeing anything right now yeah desperate as hell especially if it has like disney in the name yeah and i could tell so that uh because deron was like yeah i'll go see this movie with you She dude was right? like, i just yeah, i I, like, I just want to <laughs> kiss emma
0: stone in the mouth i'm sorry yeah her makeup was just like oh my god girl emma stone you. like i didn't need anything else yeah think? that's
2: all i needed uh, like, uh, they made her look, st- like... I mean, Emma Stone's already pale, but, like, they just made her look, like, actually white. <laughs> like, not, like, like actually the color white. Yeah, I, I didn't know
3: that it was possible to make Emma Stone look paler. I mean, she's mm-hmm. British in the movie, and the sun doesn't, like, shine there. Mm-hmm. Well. Oh, dude, oh my god,
0: her fucking accent in this movie was so oh, bad. It was god. so funny. Holy shit. She, was, mean... she was
3: trying so hard.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can I say oh, something in about Oh, and the fact that you have to hear... That And the fact that you have to hear that shitty accent, the whole movie with the narration, the shitty narration. Yeah, oh
1: yeah, the Scorsese narration. Yeah. Yeah, this is Scorsese movie. What were you saying, Stu? I'm a man with news. I'm a newsman. You're a newsman. Okay, so there is which oh my god, I had the tab up just now. Where's the union dispute? There was a union dispute with the fashion designer guild thing. Oh, for this movie. Really? Um so a recent incident over a Cruella-inspired fashion line, was license, it was licensed in, licensed in Target, but it was done without the costume designer's consent, and the Costume Designer's Guild itself um, called out the practice as unfair. So Based? Disney doing classic anti-worker things. They love it.
3: Yeah. Wait, sounds about right. Disney's in Pro Worker?
0: all yeah, right are what you, are you saying Disney that, isn't are you saying that they were like the last animation company to become unionized what
3: have you guys what? seen the way they t- I thought they'd treat some of their anima- animators better just because that's like their bread and butter that the, you know they made all their money from but not at all oh, no. watch that yeah. frozen 2 documentary about like making the making of frozen 2 and they would do like interviews <laughs> with these animators that just like they're like you know, tears in their eyes, like, they just bawled their eyes out, and they have to get in front of the camera, and they're like, he's like, yep, they just cut all of my scenes, all of my work for the past two years. She's uh, not going to be in the movie. Wow. But that's okay, because I get to start over. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I know there's, like, a couple, like,
0: um, behind-the-scenes documentaries for Disney movies um, that, like were banned by Disney from releasing because, like, they reflected so poorly on the company's
3: image. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they still do those at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> why would you want to show people the worst part about all these movies? Like, you know? Well, like...
2: I I think that's the thing that a lot of people complain about, at least in relation to the Star Wars, was that a lot of the behind-the-scenes, <laughs> like, documentaries were, like, very they made everyone look like very friendly and like everything yeah. was going smoothly and like, it wasn't like a dumpster fire and stuff like that. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's not, it's not interesting to see as a viewer because you don't, they don't show you actually how the film like gets made. Cause they don't want to show that cause it's all the dumpster fire stuff. Yeah. And then it's just the actors being like, Oh yeah. Everything's fine. Like, it's literally just the Disney propaganda video. Like, go back and watch, like, the documentary about how episode one of Star Wars was made. You can see the dumpster fire and you can see, like, how the film was made and all the problems they had. And it's interesting what for better or for worse. But yeah, it just feels like everything is just like Disney is just like, nope, cover it up. Mm.
0: Yeah. And that, that really sucks, I think, for like documentation and like historian's sake because, um, that's, like, one of the best ways of kind of, like, knowing what happened behind the production uh, are those, like, uh, first-hand documentaries. Like, um, Les Blanks' Burden of Dreams, which is a documentary on the making of Warner Herzog's *Fitzcarraldo*, is, like, arguably more interesting than the actual movie. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, also um, Hearts of Darkness, the one for Apocalypse Now, is, like, extremely interesting. Um, and, yeah, the, the, kind of, like, the erasure of, like, what's really going on is, is kind of, like, sickening especially like from from someone that is so interested in like what's going on behind the scenes in movies
2: yeah so you were talking about like the direction of like how cinema is going and how disgusting it is did you want to elaborate on that or do you want to pull a David Lynch sure I'll
0: elaborate on that <laughs> <laughs> no. um so we're getting to a point where um well I think I don't you're already here um, it's pretty much impossible for original ideas and by original ideas i mean um non-franchise films to be uh greenlit especially like in the big budget um and so like the only way to kind of do these the aesthetic of an independent film is by giving is is by setting it in a franchise so like we saw that with like joker and we see this with like Cruella too where like um there is kind mm-hmm. of like some aesthetic mm-hmm. of like genre or um independent film but or like uh the, the, it kind of feels almost like an original property because like Cruella de Vil is not a character with much depth and like there isn't enough substance to build like an entire like movie off of her own character so like of course they like invent like a lot a lot of like stuff around it um and like from an artistic point of view um this is like disgusting because um i mean obviously it's like not allowing for um new original ideas to come in and like uh change the course of the industry we're we're just kind of seeing like um the recycling uh of like all these tropes over and over and over again and, and these like big franchises um and yeah it's it's sad And I know, I know it's all about money. I'm not, I'm not,
3: I'm not an idiot. It just, it's still, like, sad. I mean, even if an original idea does come out with these movies, they end up being franchised anyways. Like, look at Knives Out. Like, that was super popular. Yeah. And that was super, and it's like, okay, now we have to make a sequel. Right, It's like, you really didn't, but...
1: Oh, they're making a sequel. Yeah, oh. Netflix bought
0: their rights for like two or three hundred million dollars, I think. For two, for lives well, but... out two and three. Which yeah, are
3: both green oh. It's just like
2: but, but, total uh, Ryan... totally
3: doomer now.
2: Yeah, and that one, Ryan Johnson did go in with the idea for sequels, and I think he had already like talked about that with Daniel Craig because Daniel Craig was, I think, he was talking about yeah. how excited he was to continue with the character which but, but, i would okay, be but interested... wait wait but
0: do you think that's because he legitimately wanted to make sequels or is it because that would be the only way his movie could be greenlit in the first place right 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 that, that is an
2: interesting question that is an interesting mm. question at, at least like i I, um... I think i think like you know obviously the sequel environment isn't good But I'd say it is interesting if sequels do allow directors to like explore more, I guess. I mean, obviously it mostly results in just shitty franchise films, but like Knives Out wasn't based on anything. It was just Ryan Johnson's original idea. And then I guess like if the movies after that continue to be as interesting as Knives Out was, then I guess like that specific instance isn't a bad thing, but it does. Yeah. I, I do like agree otherwise in that. Yeah. They, have, but yeah, films only really want to bet on stuff. That's either a sequel to something or it's based off of something that has already succeeded so that they know there there's a guaranteed audience for that. Right, And that's not, you know, necessarily new, you know, I mean, that's look at, look at gone with the wind. That was basically a guerrilla marketing campaign for, you know, how popular this drama book was, uh, you know, with Housewives in the 1940s, right? It was a 1940s movie, or was it 50s? 30s. 30s, right. Oh, wow. Okay, my film history is off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it's it certainly is getting worse. I doubt we're the first people to point this out, and yeah. we certainly won't be the last. But yeah, no, it is it is kind of disgusting. And that's that's kind of what I was talking about with the whole, like, who asked for this? And, you know, just like... I don't feel like anyone really wanted this movie, is except th- for Disney. And,
0: and, and also, like, I, I, I'm still confused on, like, what the demographics are for this movie. What it was supposed to appeal to. Because you would think that they would, they would want to make this movie, like, PG-13. Because there is, is some... is PG-13. Is it? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I thought it was PG. It's PG-13. Interesting. Well, you thought they would, they would want to make it a little bit more edgy.
3: Well, right? I don't even think that's even true. I think that a part of the appeal for a lot of kids going into this theater is that they're going to be seeing a movie that they're not supposed to see, and the parents are going to feel safe, you know, sending them kid their kids to this Disney movie. And their kids but even like of... Marvel movies are like edgier than this, and
0: they're also like rated PG thirteen. So yeah, yeah. I, I would think that like um, they would want to do something to appeal to like more of you know, that kind of a crowd.
3: Like I don't know, the... dude. She gets her hand sliced off in that one scene. It's Wait, pretty what? Gruesome. When um, the Baroness like <laughs> cuts her dress and it like cuts her hand a little bit. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She draws <laughs> yeah. some blood. Yeah, that's actually what. Got the pg she's like, rating. she's like, give me a. And then she's uh, like, give fat. me this color. Yeah, yeah, this color, this blood color. Ooh, it's so edgy. I don't, I don't even know how this movie could be rated PG thirteen. <laughs> I don't know either. I literally <laughs> just think that it's it. just like, oh, that's very dark. I'm gonna <laughs> make it PG thirteen. This and the
0: Dark Knighter Is have it the same stealing, rating. Do you think?
1: When? <gasps> the Dark Knights PG thirteen. Yeah, that's crazy. This is mean, the same movie of the I same mean, MPAA rating. Yeah,
2: I mean the MPAA is just shitty in general. Oh so.
0: yeah, no, dude. I'm I'm reading this book uh Sexual in the Movies right now, and and like going through like the whole like history of the MPAA and and like how they operate is just hilarious. It's a complete joke. Yeah. It
2: And and it's and it's coming off of the heels of the production code, anyways, which was even more of a joke.
0: Yeah, the the the, well, uh, I would argue the Hayes Code was like less the joke and more of like a like a fascist dictatorship.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you know know what what I mean. Like it's it's not even trying to like hide how fascist this industry was. Yeah, and I I guess it's cool in some respects for how directors like navigated around it, like especially how Hitchcock like navigated around the production code but it's still like it's so dumb
0: yeah for sure yeah you're right there's something to be said about how um filmmakers like overcome these hurdles um uh something that that you said that i wanted to touch on um which i thought was kind of interesting you said earlier that um there is this possibility that um like auteur filmmakers could have some freedom within the constraints of like a franchise to like do something interesting artistically um and I think that this is like a very real possibility. I just that I don't think I've seen this at all, really. Um, um I
3: mean Ryan Johnson with Star Wars, right? That's a good example, yeah. All the movies I mean, He tried but... to he tried to actually do like take the 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 series into a direction that would not want most fans to gouge their eyes out. Um and those fans of course gouge their eyes out anyways. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Johnson um <laughs> wanted them yeah. to do a little bit of critical thinking so that's true
0: uh, let me rephrase i haven't seen any good movies that try
3: to do this okay that's fine. Uh... also trying to make a good star wars movie <laughs> after 19 like 90 was that i mean that's you mean after 1977 yeah whatever i don't even remember <laughs> what fucking year star wars came out it, it all just blurs together
1: period ever
2: they're maybe maybe, maybe it doesn't work... Well, I mean, 2049 was good, and that's, you know, Denis Villeneuve working with yeah. an established franchise. Right, but uh, I would
0: argue that that's um, less because they wanted to make a franchise movie and more because, you know, Denis Villeneuve and those guys wanted to tell a story. Make Blade Runner. Yeah, make Blade Runner yeah. again, basically. Because, yeah, like, I mean, um, we, we know that, like, that franchise has, like, absolutely no stake in the industry.
2: Yeah, basically. Um... Yeah, well, I'm trying the to think of Blade like Blade examples. <laughs> well, there is a Blade Runner anime coming. Um, yeah,
0: oh, I'm sure that's definitely going to come out and not get canceled. Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There, there are so many projects oh, that man. get announced, and they like, especially since COVID, they don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of franchise, yeah, I would. It, I think it might be something that like evolves as it goes on. It's, it's not like auteur filmmakers are strangers to making scenes. I mean, yeah, you know, sure. even Akira, even even Akira Kosawa made uh, sequels to um, Sanshiro Sudata. and um, okay, well, that one was uh, government
0: mandated.
2: Yeah, that one was government mandated, <laughs> but then there is also Yojimbo <laughs> and Sanjuro. True. Um. Yeah, and then I mean, I Sanjuro guess is I shit, could. Uh, I haven't seen Sanjuro yet. Uh, I will probably be disappointed when I watch it. Um, but I was. I mean. I keep bringing up Lynch, but like, you know, Twin Peaks is a franchise, whether we like Mm -hmm. to treat it as such or not. And, you know, I, whether or not, you know, it was difficult or, and, you know, I know there was some drama with him almost getting kicked off the return because they didn't give him the budget he wanted. But like, you know, the return would not have been made had it not been part of an established franchise that there was like a fan demand for. And that's probably true. And he might have had an easier time. Making fire walk with me because the show itself was so popular. So, yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah, yeah, but also, I feel like I don't know. Um, I feel like there's just with, with stuff like that, you're always gonna have source material with more substance. Like, all of these franchises that we have now, all of these, um, or all the big ones, all the like Disney corporate ones are you know, superheroes and like, uh, you know, Disney princess shit and, like, um, just, like, you know, yeah, like, Disney classics. And all these Disney classics are based on, for the most part, are based on either, like, really old fairy tales or um, just, like, a really old animated movie that was literally designed to just, you know, fucking pump out all these, all these catchy songs and stuff. Like, that's what they were doing at the time as well. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw in the next ten years like a actual Disney princess like cinematic universe or some shit like that. Like
0: That'd be really fun. Like funny. a lot of
3: crossovers and crap like that. Because I think that like, really I would love what... to
0: see like Angelina Jolie and like Emma Sun Mud Russell. Oh
3: my god. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? But I think that I part hate of the reason why these straight people <laughs> these these franchises <laughs> are so Yeah really no, successful. no no
2: comment on that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> these franchises are so <laughs> successful because there's so many installments like you if you want to see one movie you are basically forced to see like the 20 that come before it and i'm mostly talking about uh marvel and you know dc if they were to ever get their act together and make a at least one competent movie that's in their cinematic universe but shut
1: the fuck up i well i think Wait, they which asked, one do you I like which almost... one do you like stu Birds of Prey. Okay. It's Birds of Prey. Oh, Birds of Prey. I didn't even know. So the that. costume designer for Birds like... of Prey did the costumes for Cruella. It's the same designer. Yeah. It's the same designer to, like, every
0: fucking costume in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, probably, like, it's probably like, the um, same three costume designers
3: that they, like, pour yeah. about in, like, all these all these really big blockbuster releases. Because, I mean, you got the period piece people, you got the superhero people, and then whatever else, I guess. I don't know. But these, I don't know. I I think that's the most distressing part is the fact that you're not gonna. There's all these all these fucking movies that are coming out. It's gonna be like, oh well, I gotta watch the first twenty movies and then I gotta watch the TV show and then I gotta do this and then I gotta do that and it's like, why? Like, can you can you just tell a story in two hours?
2: Well, I I think well yeah I do want movies that just tell a story in two hours and I think the idea that all of like all of this material in some sort of franchise is all required is is just asinine. Um, but I think if people can use these um, y- these sort of franchises or these cinematic universes, however you want to call them to tell stories that are actually like interesting and compelling um, then you know that brings it some more value and I don't particularly care then what medium it comes in like i I don't think anything I agree like artistic necessarily has come out of Star Wars. It's a lot of fun, but I think you can at least say like you know you can just watch the original three movies, you can watch all of the movies, you can watch all the movies, read all the books, play all the video games, you know, do whatever you want, but like you know there are some good you know like. A lot of good seasons of the the Clone Wars TV show. Some people really like the Mandalorian. Uh, some of the video games are pretty awesome, and I don't think Dude, Lego Star for Wars any of
0: original trilogy. Oh my
2: god! I mean, yeah, the Lego Star Wars video games are masterpieces. You actually need to play all of those. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't, I will come beat you up uh, with my my pacifist fists. Pacifists. Um, but uh, you know, like you know you can enjoy any like little bits of the franchise there. I mean, I think for maybe the mainline movies, you probably do want to at least see the other important, relevant movies. Um but like for a lot of the other stuff, you can kind of just jump in and experience what you want and get what you want out of that. So I think if if that can be used as a sort of structure, that could be interesting. I don't want it to erase, you know, the just solo films i hate even calling it a solo film like it should just be a film yeah but it's like really you, know, you have to
0: like distinguish that now
2: yeah you have to distinguish like yeah is it a franchise but i i even run into points where i'm kind of like you know i'll see it like i hate when i see a solo movie or someone like trying to do something independent and i hate it and feel like why should i even care because i feel like then i'm betraying it but i don't feel like i should have to you know, defend a movie just because it's not franchise.
0: Yeah, it's it's sad that it's kind of gotten to that point. Maybe we should just be bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> like Corella. We just when take are we away franchise everyone's cameras Nodding until Hill. they behave. Yeah. This is getting absurd. I mean it's I I think mean, it's it's still it's not subs- like sustainable for forever. Like it's it's just gonna change the the industry for like what thir- another 30, 40 years, and then it's just going to be so tiresome that, like, I don't know.
0: I don't I don't think, like, cinema in its current form is going to survive uh, past, like, the middle of the century.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's well, just... Well, I like, think... Uh,
1: it's just going to be the unsustainable. and unsustainability of cinema is going to, like, go along with the unsustainability of America, and, like, those two things are going to change at the same time.
3: Yeah. Well, you could go even further and just say the unsustainability of capitalism, but uh yeah
0: but even even separate from that i don't think um the current model is sustainable because of um the disparity between uh big budget films and like small budget films and the fact that like um everything is kind of getting like bigger and becoming more monopolized um and it's gonna eventually get to the point where um these films are gonna be like too big to like ever really like turn a profit i think yeah. and we're just gonna see like people and, and, and people are like uh, are very are, are eventually going to become less interested in the movies because of all the different um, kinds of media that we have now and I well, would also make an argument that like um, movies today and definitely in the next like couple of decades will become less culturally relevant than ever before
3: well it's just because of the, the the absolute huge amount of of crap being pushed out regularly you know i think There's it's no more boom be- for originals like no or, like,
0: honestly classics
3: to be made
0: that that is a factor but i think it's more so because of um social media and how um everyone can be their own filmmaker there is no need for um like studios and like big productions anymore because anyone can go like shoot anything off their phone yeah
3: it's until Disney uh, sells all the film cameras around the world, you know, yeah. <laughs> have their
1: own
2: monopoly. Yeah, I mean it's also probably part of like what advertisers are seeing because it's like you know why should we sponsor a, a big budget movie you know that gets us tickets you know even if we have product placement or something in it when we can just you know put constant ads in front of you know some gaming streamers or makeup tutorial artists and like you know just do that. So I think eventually, yeah, movies might lose funding for just like web advertising and stuff like that yeah. but i also argue that you know movies have been dying you know people have been complaining about the death of film almost since film was born that is true so yeah. <laughs> and i think you know maybe until like we hit that next big thing of whatever it is whether it's fucking holograms or some other shit you know uh <clears throat> you know video culture is still ingrained in our society yes you know, i agree part I, just, I don't it. think that's cinema though I think I think, it's a different,
0: it, I think it's a different, like, form of art, which isn't, like, a good or a bad thing. I just think this is the yeah.
2: Case, yeah. Well, I, I think it is... I, I think it is changing, and that's... that. Like, you could argue, perhaps, that the reason why cinematic universes are so popular now is because movies are trying to mirror TV because TV mm-hmm. started becoming more popular, and it's like, okay, well, people want continuing stories. They don't want, you know, solo films or something like that. They want... A something that keeps them invested, which is also then mirrored in internet culture, because you just keep watching this endless stream of content by this one person who's just streaming at their computer all the time or something like oh. that. So I think it is this. I, it is this, perhaps this drive to be like constantly engaged. Yeah. That yeah. is maybe fueling this whole industry, and which is weird like
0: that social media too.
2: Yeah, which is weird that we've we've gotten into this whole discussion off of a fucking Corella, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> well, I think
0: I think well, it's because Corella is kind of like a microcosm for the the industry's greater issues right now. I think. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, this definitely. Is like,
3: this is, you know, this is the latest, ex- like, uh, I guess, example of of what what the industry is going to be putting out, just like in yeah. general now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is not like. Just some one-off thing, you know? Like, this is just... I mean, they've been making movies like this for a while. That yeah, are, about, like, a decade yeah. or so. So, ahead. you know, and they're just going to continue to do that until it stops being profitable, which is going to be soon because movies in general are just going to not rake in as much money and they're still going to be costing, like, what? Like, $400 million to make or whatever the fuck for yeah. all this CGI and, and all this stuff you know, whatever, and there's plenty of actors, too, that are, you know, I mean, they're, if you think about it, like, all these actors, they're they're selling their souls to these companies, so they're they're charging a lot of money for it, like, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and all these guys, they're making hella bank, but I think, on some level, they recognize that this is their career now, like, they're not going to be able to escape it, they're going to be able to do other projects, but, you know, all those YouTube comment sections are always going to be, LOL, look, it's, Iron Man talking to a police officer <laughs> in a different universe, and it's like, oh my god, what? Yeah, it? it's I kind mean, of mean, yeah, like being that is
1: sex worker. What? 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 It's what? kind of like being a sex worker. Like you do that one thing, and then like everyone will remember you for that one thing later, and you have no opportunity. Oh, to yeah. this, is, this do is a really dumb. I'm not like <laughs> a porn. <laughs> yeah, worker. that's kind I'm of a. Porn the, the, well, the, I, the I, difference I, is
0: that um, I, you're stigmatized for being a sex worker, and yeah. you're not being you're not stigmatized for being Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know I it also argue... that's well true again, yeah based on huh?
2: I'd also argue yeah. that at least from the actor's perspective like obviously you can get into all like oh actors are paid way too much whatever How, however you feel about it I don't really care too much but it's like if you're talking about the terms of what they're selling their souls it's it, it's better than what it was back in the studio era where they literally like belonged to a studio and the studio That's was just true. like you make this mm. movie now like they had no freedom to oh, actually yeah, like sure. choose their projects and yeah. represent themselves like
0: back back in the studio system they would they would like sign like multi-year contracts with like studios right like or, or like multi-film deals i think mm-hmm. i think like bogart signed like a like a 10 film deal with whatever studio he was in and then he like died like a couple months later
2: <laughs> based yeah wow. not paid based up front.
0: Bo- bogart <laughs> is sick I, lo- I love me some bogart
2: uh walks into the room stars in the the greatest romance movie of all time dies doesn't elaborate
0: the greatest romantic movie of all time you mean in a lonely place by nicholas ray
2: well, you know what I mean—the the the romance film that like everyone calls the greatest romance film of all time, whether it is or not.
3: Was this *Breathless*? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Wait, you're actually talking about what, Casablanca, yeah. Shit? *Casablanca*. Yeah. *Casablanca*.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just... I don't necessarily think it is. It's just that's that's what it's always called. No, no, no yeah. It's hey man, always... it's
0: it's pretty fucking good, but it's definitely not his best role.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it's it's yeah. really yeah. No, I I prefer um uh. Treasure of Sierra Madre, but I probably haven't seen enough Bogart. You should see
0: Any Lonely Place, and you should see okay. The Maltese Falcon, and you should see. I have seen The Maltese Falcon. Okay, though. cool. You should see The Big Sleep, too.
2: I do
1: need to watch The Big Sleep, you're right. It's pretty sick.
0: William Faulkner co wrote the script for that for some reason, even though it was based on a novel by Raymond Chandler.
1: Ooh.
3: Interesting. I wish he wrote Corella's monologues. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wish anyone wrote Corella's
2: monologues, and it wasn't just like an AI
3: generated word. Yeah, it was just an AI generated word. I can't
2: wait the Disney machine yeah, and those... shit out this fucking monologue. Yeah,
3: literally.
0: <laughs> I,
2: I can't wait for like when you get like a whole movies that are just completely AI generated, like down to the last pixel. Like that'll be interesting to see, like from a dystopian perspective.
0: Like dead ass. I don't even think this is a joke. I think this is like actually going to happen pretty soon.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Probably. No doubt. i watched watch like, that
3: before I watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'll tell you that. Hey, um,
0: there was like that this thing recently. I forget what it was related to, but like this one director wanted to use like a CGI James Dean to play some role, in like one of his movies. <gasps> Did you hear about this? And and like the no, director like, said like the uh, director said like I can't find anyone else to play this role. I need I need James Dean to do it. <laughs>
3: I need robot James. I need
2: Dean. I need robot James. Uh, James I need, Dean five thousand. Yeah. It's actually kind of like an idea for uh, I. I don't remember if I wanted it to be a movie or a TV show, but like a dystopian future where like people go back in time and like get old artists and like bring them to the future just so they can keep making like the same shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and that's literally happening right now. Okay, I found the movie. So it's called um, it's it's a Vietnam. A uh, war movie called Finding Jack, um, and and the directors said uh, we search high and low for the perfect character, um, and after months of research, we decided on James D.
1: <laughs> months of research. <laughs> so months of stupid. Research.
0: This is this is this is the state of the industry. Like everything is going to become automized
1: soon enough.
2: Ah, uh, god. It's just so lame.
1: It's maybe it maybe I mean, that's for... kind of already the state of children's media children's video yeah like those online youtube videos with like the kids like um like baby shark and like those very like videos with like people speaking english but they often have south asian accents yeah those ones that Um, are are made in like
0: like weird fucking like indian server farms yeah
1: i don't even know about
2: this yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah
0: Yeah, it's like deeply unsettled. oh you
1: some of them have become memes
0: yeah, I have a couple of them saved on my favorites list on YouTube. They're pretty funny. It's
3: it's like... <laughs> They're
1: very funny. If anything,
3: saw... if anything will make you feel better about the film industry, it's watching that shit.
0: Yeah, I saw one um, with um, Hitler and Catwoman
3: taking a shit. I'm not even kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the definition. It's the wow. definition of content. It's yeah. literally they spin the content wheel for that. It's... I don't know. It's... I don't know. <laughs> it's just all upsetting to think about, you know? Like, what are we, what is there to do? Mm-hmm. Well, on that, on Maybe that. Maybe I should uh, just give up now.
0: <laughs> on, that, on that very happy note, fellas, do you want to wrap up our, our discussion of Cruella? Oh, yeah. Any any closing thoughts?
3: Yeah, I'm about to become Cruella after seeing all this crap happen.
1: <laughs> Stuart, anything to add? Watch out. All
3: right.
0: Oh,
1: my closing thoughts is, this is representative of capitalism.
0: Based, all right. Rhett?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, my my closing thoughts are: this is
2: representative of the opposite of capitalism, and I don't know what I'm saying.
0: Based, all right,
2: fellas, <laughs> thanks for coming on Thank
0: and, for and seeing us. seeing the communist film Cruella. Yeah, <laughs> <The> communist film <laughs> my, Cruella. My my favorite Marxist
2: film, Cruella. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it's because
3: everyone is not interesting in that movie, so everyone's equal. True, true, true. You're right. You're right.
2: Um, please, Everyone's equally shitty.
3: Please do not see this <laughs> film, for the love of God. Jesus. No, you should go see it. It was fun. I spent like $18 on shit at the concession stand, and it was so much fun. You Watching should. Duran like cry through this movie made it better. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can't wait for uh, for the, the art house directors to soullessly make whatever next uh, Disney live-action movie comes out.
0: Man, who's who's gonna direct the the Little Mermaid villain movie, Lars Von Trier? Make it like a weird like
3: mm. make it like a weird like something's pervert. Oh yeah, I mean, uh,
0: just they're, the they're... That's
2: true. they're they're gonna yeah, so. they're gonna bring Kubrick back from the dead and, and they're a to CGI Kubrick Wally. to
0: direct the movie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: hologram Kubrick to direct live action Wally. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh no, it's gonna be great. Starring uh, CGI Buster Keaton. Anyway, thanks for joining (laughs) us, guys. Thank you, Stuart and Murphy, for being our our, our first-time guests here. And thanks, Rhett, for coming on again. Thank you for having me again. That's it from us. Goodbye.
1: Yeah.
2: Adios.
0: Bye bye